0: On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, Matt will sadly be by as lonesome as the Remnant has infected young Nick with an experimental disease for their first show of 2023. Worry not though, Matt is a Star Wars crackhead and has been up all day watching Bad Batch to get ready for today's SWTS solo breakdown. Once he's covered Clone Force 99, he will move on to some saucy Ahsoka series leaks and speculate what they may mean for the show's plot. Of course, the show will end with the question of the week responses and the latest round of Top 5 Star Wars Fan Artist Features. Punch a Chewie. Hey, now! Hello everybody, welcome to 2023, hopefully you're all still alive, I am, but sadly my co-host is not, that's just a joke, Nick's not dead, Uh, but he did let me know right before the show, a little too soon to get in a, a guest host, I see we got Trevor in here, I probably could have snagged him for this episode, but oh well. Uh, like I said, Nick Nick called in late, feeling a little under the weather, so you're getting a solo show for the first show of the year, SWTS style, let's go! I'm kind of bummed out though, I'm not going to lie, um, it's like, you know, we had these grand plans, the first time ever Star Wars Time Show is actually going to do a live stream on a new Star Wars day, because it is a new Star Wars day, right? We got Bad Batch season two, episodes one and two, Spoils of War, Ruins of War. We're gonna have a good time. We're gonna talk about it. It was gonna be fresh in my mind, fresh in Nick's mind. We're gonna have a party to kick off SWTS in 2023. But no, Nick had to go and get himself sick. So you're getting a solo show to start things out, which is not my preference, but hey. We're going to have to make the most out of lemons or whatever the hell that saying is. We're going to make lemonade. Maybe it will be pink. You never know, but we're here for the long haul. And by we, yes, I am referencing the mouse in my pocket or the little guy downstairs that I just beat up before coming down here to relieve some stress. You know what I mean? Woo, boy, feels like we've been gone for a, a month at this point in time. That's kind of what happens in life around the holidays, I don't know about the rest of you, but uh, the, the two weeks around Christmas, so the week before and then the week after Christmas, are probably th- my two favorite weeks of the year. It's, it's really not even close. Uh, second place would be when I go to Rehoboth for two weeks in the spring, uh, but in terms of just overall favorite two weeks of the year, for me, it's got to be the two weeks around Christmas. One before, one after. Because, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, for me, I'm off. I'm still off. I I get almost four weeks off. Yes, you can hate me. I hate myself every day. Um, But, you know, everyone, they may not be taking those two weeks off, but they're maybe doing half days, or if you work in an office, things just seem a lot less stressful during these two weeks of the holidays. You know, people people really don't care about working. It's almost like uh, people quiet quit for the two weeks around the holidays, and I love it, you know, it's great sitting around with the kid, the wife, eating, you know, look, I've put on some weight, I could probably do the truffle shuffle again, you Goonies fans out there, you know what I'm talking about, um, but I didn't accomplish a damn thing, I mean, I, I don't even have a pop culture segment for you, because I didn't see any new movies, uh, we watched a lot of old movies, a lot of bad Christmas movies, uh, I am happy to report we completed our holiday Skywalker Saga rewatch, which seems to be a thing these days in the Haywood household, maybe a new tradition. So the week after Christmas, uh, we try to watch the nine Skywalker Saga films. That was interesting, uh, especially watching Charlie, who, who now is almost seven. And uh, if you've been a listener of this show, you, you, you've kind of heard about her her Star Wars tutelage since birth. Uh, She was hardcore, you know, one and a half, two, up to three, wanted to watch it every day, Uh, watch Empire Strikes Back every Friday. It it was like clockwork. Friday, Empire Strikes Back. And then she kind of fell out of it over four or five in parts of six. But I'll tell you what, man, when I put on those movies, every single one, all nine of the Skywalker Saga movies, when I put them on, she would stop whatever she was doing. She would sit there. And she would focus like she was at fucking mass. And that made me very, very proud and happy as a Star Wars dad. Uh, Because it it showed to me, like, look, this this stuff still resonates greatly with my little Padawan. Even though, you know, she may not be uh, playing with all the (laughs) the toys I got her that I probably shouldn't have and all this stuff. Uh, But it was nice to see her just really get into it, ask more questions you know, when they're little, their brains are pretty mushy and they're pretty dumb. They don't really understand what's going on besides the flashing lights and the pew pews. Uh, but now she's starting to get it asking questions about, Hey, who's who who's related there? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? Jedi, this Jedi, that. So, uh, that, that was interesting in terms of my collection. Did it grow over the Christmas break? Of course it did. Uh, I'm not sure why uh, they still just sit on a table, but I do like getting my Barbies still. So I got Bo-Katan showed up, uh, Vaughn showed up, Captain Vaughn from season seven of the Clone Wars. And more importantly, speaking of the Clone Wars, my wife got me both the Anakin Skywalker and the General Kenobi sideshow one, six scale figures. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I was one of those people out there barking about the uh, Clone Wars animated style 1-6 scale figures from Sideshow. And I'm just going to go ahead and say, like most things, I was wrong. So uh, these are really good-looking figures in hand. Uh, they they do feel kind of loosey-goosey joint-wise, uh, especially around the elbows. Uh, but, you know, for someone like me that can't pose a figure anyways, if I ever do take pictures of them again, who cares? The faces look good. They've, they've got that that sharp... Clone Wars animated aesthetic going on so uh, yeah added to the collection haven't done a damn photo shoot in the two weeks or two and a half weeks Uh, still would like to do at least one before I go back to work uh, after MLK day yeah (laughs) it's been a long break and uh, I know hey it's like first world white guy problem so I get it Uh, I respect all of you that are back to work or those of you that only had a few hours off here and there in between the big holiday days but um, Four weeks off, especially when you're by yourself and you can't really leave because you have a little kid and they come back from school and you got to be here, isn't all that it's cracked up to be. You either end up feeling like a big pile of shit because you do nothing and accomplish zero, so you feel like a complete failure, or you feel like I can't do anything because no one is here to do stuff with and if I get into any project, it can't be too long because the kid's coming home at 2.30 and I got to be dad again. So uh, I know, wah, wah, Matt gets too much time off with uh, a baby. But hey, it is what it is. Try getting four weeks off by yourself in a basement with not much to do. Living in the Midwest, I guess that, that, that's another caveat. I could see if I was at the coast, on the slopes, I could hit the beach. I could hit the trails. Yeah, that would be great. But I'm in fucking Columbus, Ohio. Nothing to do. Zero town. Zero really outdoor activities that aren't just walking or riding a bike on flat streets. So life gets a bit monotonous these final two weeks of my break. But I I hope to. And I've been saying this for two years now. I, I wish I could move my camera around and kind of show you the setup but if you are on the live stream which by the way live streams we do them usually every tuesday 230p east youtube.com star wars time show just at star wars time show on youtube we are breaking tradition this week that was our big plan remember but we'll be back to tuesdays next week but anyways you, you can see if you look to my left you can you can just see this massive figure piling up that continues all the way to the back wall where you can see some of my Jake Detonator, kick-ass, chibi-style animated Star Wars art. Within that, that row of, of shit, there are drawers full of 112-scale figures. Then you have my glass cases full of figures. Some of them are falling over because I'm a piece of shit. They're all dusty because I am a huge piece of shit. And uh, starting last year, I was like, you know what, during this four weeks off, you always bitch that you don't have anything to do. You're going to finally organize your toys. You're going to put them away, even if you haven't taken pictures of them. You're going to put them on your stand. You're going to line them all up, the 500 Black Series you got, or whatever it is. Make room in your glass shelves so you can finally put the Barbies away and appreciate them the way they should be. Give them a little dust bath. You name it. To the nines. And here we are. What is it? January 4th, two and a half weeks into my four-week break, and I haven't done a damn thing. So I know you other collectors. You probably feel me there. Cleaning your collection is vomit. So much so I've never cleaned my collection. Like like I've got (laughs) high end shit just covered in dust because I don't want it in boxes. I want to look at it, but I also don't want to clean them, dust them, because you got to take them out of the shelves, then you got to dust the shelves, then you got to dust the figure, then you got to put the figure back in the shelves and make sure they don't fall over. Fuck, boy, is it high stress to be a collector. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you people should hate me it's okay I hate myself alright but yeah like I said I mean hey I'm not bitching it was a good good two weeks lots of great family time put in a lot of good eating probably too much drinking uh, the biggest bummer honestly was that fucking New Year's Eve night Buckeye game versus Georgia uh, I'm a Buckeye grad bleed scarlet and gray take the shit way too personally so having my New Year's Eve celebration just kind of pissed on by the kicker and, and really the, the Ohio State defense just being pathetic as the ball was dropping watching my team lose by a point to go to the national championship that that was that, that kind of really left a bad taste in my mouth to round out those two weeks of Christmas that I owe oh so much enjoy uh, but I made sure to reward myself with a killer hangover on New Year's Day so I just laid on the couch for you know 18 hours or whatever like a big lump of shit All right. Well, there you go. I've got you wrapped up on uh, everything that happened or really the not so much things that happened in between now and our last show, which, hey, if you haven't checked it out yet, make sure to check our last show of 2022. We did our top 11 Star Wars moments of the year, and I also made my case for the 11 Rogue One characters that need to be in Andor season two. All right, well, I appreciate that. I know, uh, like I said, we're doing this on a different day, so the live stream crowd's a little little light right now, but uh, you got to give shout-outs to my boy Johnny, Devin, 1-6 Shooter, Trevor. Like I said, if I knew Nick was going to die, I probably would have invited in a co-host because we got new Star Wars to break down, for Christ's sakes, today. You know what I mean? Hey, there's my boy Justin Nunez showing up with the New Year's. He's making the first show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Checking out uh, everyone's posts on Instagram, like the year end stuff. I don't do any of that shit anymore because I, I just, I, I uh, Star Wars Times is about all I pay attention to on Instagram anymore, and I'm too lazy to do a year end review and whatnot. But I, I like, like checking out all you other people posting your year end reviews, your top tens, your top nines, whatever the fuck it used to be. Um, but I, I'd I have to say, uh, our, our friends. SW Props and Super Scounds, they had a hell of a 2022. Like, if you want to do cool shit, go hang out with those two dudes. You know what I mean? Like, they're, they're, they're like con lords now. They're con wranglers. They, they've they got their own talent. They go around the cons and make money and take pictures and have fun. How come I don't have fun doing Star Wars stuff? What the fuck? <laughs> My Star Wars journey is nothing but misery and disappointment. Feeling like a loser, but I, I am uh, happy for those two dudes. Um they, Like I said, they're they're living their best life out there on the best coast. Uh But the rest of you, seriously, hey, we we appreciate all of you. Those that interact with the Star Wars Time Show, let's keep it up. We've got a full season ahead of you. Like we talked before, we went off air in 2022. We usually only take maybe two weeks off out of the fifty. So strap in because uh, if you've been paying attention we're going to have new Star Wars every week this year all the way through April. That's right, because, you know, Bad Batch kicked off today. That's going to run through the end of March. Mando's going to start in March and run through the end of April. So, uh, really, for the first time since Disney Plus was a thing, we're going to have new Star Wars content on a weekly basis for the first four months of the year. That's pretty cool, all right? That's good shit. That's great for people like me, because now I don't have to pull stuff out of my ass every week to try and entertain all of you bozos that waste time on the Star Wars time show. So, um, good stuff there. It's a good time to be a Star Wars fan, as I think a lot of people were starting to realize at the end of 22, and you know we had the Andor baby delivered to us. You know, as long as you don't let all the bullshit in and, and the outside noise and the trolls, it's it's a good time to be alive and be a fan of the Star Wars. Uh, Nunez saying here, we need a third musketeer. Uh, you know what, gentlemen, if I didn't have a, a, a little kid at this point in time, I, I would definitely take you up on that. But uh, until she hates my guts and wants nothing to do with me, I'm going to try and max my time with the little lady, because that's what a good dad should do. Uh, but I do like to live vicariously through all the cool shit you two gentlemen get to do, uh, obviously through, through hard work, you know, they, they're just getting free passes for fun, they're taking pictures, hustling, working the carpets, so, one of these days, my friends, one of these days, and, and when that happens, I want to be treated like royalty, I want you guys to wrangle me like I'm an actual celebrity, even though I'm a nobody, alright, you got it, take some notes, all right. Super scoundrel. Oh, Devin's got himself a hot toy. All right. Devin, if I were you, just stick to uh, your, your, your magic fingers. All right. Toy photography will drive you nuts. It'll drive you absolutely insane. But if you want, if you really got to do it, here's my advice from someone that used to do it a lot and hasn't done it very much in the past couple of years. Stick to portraits. <laughs> stick to portraits. Don't push yourself. Leave leave, leave, the, leave, the dynamic setups for the pros like one six shooter. All right, guys and girls, let's let's go ahead. Let, let, you know, I'm talking about new Star Wars, but I'm just sitting here rambling about nonsense, my, my boring life here. So let's get into it. Hopefully, all of you, you got up early today or stayed up last night if you're on the uh, West Coast and you caught the first two episodes of Bad Batch Season 2, which were titled Spoils of War and Ruins of War uh they clocked in at i'd say in total we we're looking at about 40 minutes if you cut out all the credits and, and whatnot and it was a true two-part premiere uh there, there's no way disney could have released episode one and then uh, waited a week for episode two because it was a direct mid-adventure cliffhanger um uh, it was almost like they planned for this to be the premiere because it, it really was well it was two episodes it was one. It was one cohesive adventure split across two different titled episodes. So, if you're new here, the way we usually do our breakdowns of new Star Wars is we'll, we'll give our individual reviews. We'll talk about some top moments, maybe some insights, some breakdowns, some speculations on what's to come. Then we'll do some Easter eggs and kind of set up our thoughts for the next episode. Now, clearly with cartoons, it's not as... Uh, linear is like an an Andor where you can kind of read the tea leaves and see where the story's going. Uh, Bad Batch may jump around a little bit, but I, I do think these two episodes gave us multiple season two narratives that will be explored throughout the uh, following or subsequent sub subsequent, subsequent. There we go. I can do it. You can do it, Matt. You can do it. You're a big boy. Uh, But we got 14 to go to explore some of these narratives that were set up in the uh, premiere here. So uh, that's what we're going to do. So I guess, uh, hey, Nick, you want to go? No? All right, I'll take it. Okay, Nick's going to pass on his individual review for the premiere. So I'll go ahead and, and go first, and then I'll get into some of my top three moments from the episodes. Yes, only three moments across the two episodes, but if you've seen them, I think that'll make sense. This... This really wasn't a a banger or a uh, shocking, twisty, turny type of premiere, which, I mean, honestly, if you think about it, most season premieres for shows that have existed, meaning it's not a series premiere, it's a season premiere— you're not really going to get anything too crazy because what, what you're looking for in the premiere is, you know, let, let, let's kind of touch on some of the themes from the previous season. So in Bad Batch, you know, that's the whole family, Omega kind of forcing the guys to, to go with her and, and leave their, their warrior life, uh, the split with Crosshair, and then obviously all the stuff the Empire was doing with the galaxy after the fall of the Republic. But really what a season premiere should do, if it's an, an existing series... Is tease or set up that season's narratives, meaning the main plot lines that the show will follow throughout the course of its season as it works its way to a finale. And I do think that the Bad Batch season two premiere episodes did that. Okay, they 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 gave us that. They they touched on the past, even though we've made a bit of a time jump. They've, uh, you know, they they, they kind of set some new stakes for the Bad Batch. Hold on. I got I to I pause. We have a special guest. It's just me today, buddy, no Nick. I'll give you a mic and you can do the show with me. What do you think? Break down the Bad Batch? Yeah. <laughs> you haven't seen it yet, but maybe we'll watch it later. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, good to see you. Okay. All right. Love you. We returned our little turkey thank you Oh, you got your turkeys back? You could see All right. Well, glad you're home. May the force be with you. Thank you. All right. Sorry about that. So, anyway, let me rewind there. So, uh, I think I kind of left off essentially saying the Bad Batch Season 2 premiere episodes, while not being overly entertaining or jaw-droppingly exciting, they did do what you expect a premiere to do, which is to... Touch on the past while setting up the future. Um, I I I my biggest gripe with the premiere, honestly, is just the the lack of an imperial focused storyline. Uh you, you really got nothing with the empire beyond the clones. And I at this point, I really don't even consider the clones as part of the empire. They're like the the remnant republic that the empire is just using and abusing to do grunt work at this point in time. So, uh, you, you didn't get any of the actual Imperial perspective in these premiere episodes. You didn't get anything from Crosshair. Really, the only thing you get is, is at the very end, you get that Rampart stinger, which was nice. You, know, you, you, you finally checked in with the Empire's characters in the premiere here. Uh, but that was that. I mean, that was a great moment, and I'll talk about more on it in a bit. But the the premiere here for Bad Batch season two just it really lacked any sort of of tie in or focused imperial story. Uh, so that that to me was kind of the biggest bummer of these premieres. Uh, there's really nothing water cooler worthy, uh, but there was nothing bad. I, I I've already seen the, the the trolls are out there and oh this is bullshit filler, too much setup, too much setup and. These are probably the same people that loved Andor and its slow burn and its setup. So, like I said, who knows anymore? I'm happy. Uh, you know, I, I would prefer not to have this burning drive in me to get up early and, and watch these shows when they release and then make content that no one views. Uh, I think that would make my experience uh, going through new Star Wars more enjoyable for me, but I still can't shake it. Hey, it's 2023. 2023 I can't, I can't help it you know, I, I didn't even, I don't, I don't, I don't have anything to do today I don't have work I still got up at 5 ass 30 to watch Star Wars cartoons make videos that might have been seen by 10 people at this point in time and then to talk about them live to 4 people so I don't know that's a me problem maybe things will get better in 2023 I don't know should I do the show with my tits hanging out maybe my ball bag talking I feel like these days, you need a gimmick to to go viral or become popular if you don't want to just be full-on clickbait, negative, troll, shitbag. So, hey, give me some ideas in the comments. You never know. You want me to talk out of my armpit, do an Ace Ventura? Uh, Let's go! We need more people. I need more people. I've told you this. I have an, an empty black hole in my soul that desires recognition for my Star Wars knowledge and speculations. It's a sickness. I probably should go seek mental help for it. But here we are. So, uh, yeah, like I said, uh, the Premiere, good, not great. Biggest bummer, lack of Imperial content. I mean, it's nice to check in on the clones again, but as you can see in this episode, they're, they're, they're just grunts. I mean, they're, they're in charge of loading cargo ships and protecting that stuff. You know, they're they're, they're not doing what the TKs are probably doing. They are being phased out, and phased out aggressively, as we saw at the end of the episode, thanks to Rampart and his desires for uh, career growth. So RIP Captain Wilco will comply. Okay, so uh, some of the top moments from the Bad Batch Season 2 premiere let me take a breath here, uh, and most of them I found in, in episode two, because it, it really, I mean, episode one was pure catch-up, hey, here we are in the fun mission on the beach with the crabs, hey, here's your next mission, then hey, here we are, cut episode. Uh, so episode two contained more of the top moments, naturally, as it resolved a lot of the stuff that was uh, introduced in the first episode, but we, we still got some top moments, so you know let's we don't want to rob anyone of this episode's greatness so uh really for episode 1 the lone top moment i found and and this is one of the main narratives if you've checked out my my full review on youtube at star wars time show i i kind of went into this but I, I was a big fan, and, and really, I was a fan of Echoes throughout the premiere episodes. Uh, y- you can tell that, you know. Obviously, he's not Clone Force ninety nine. He's a part of them, but he is not like them. He is not. He was not made like them. He is a he's a old school clone from Rex's batch. You know, he just looks messed up because of what happened to with the Techno Union and all that shit. Um, but he is. He's very clearly motivated to do something about the rise of the Empire. I mean, even this early on. I mean, I, I think at best we might be a year removed from Order 66, so this is still pretty early on in uh, the rise of the Empire. But Echo, he, he's already figured it out. I mean, he, he sees the writing on the wall, he knows what's going on, and he knows that Clone Force 99, they are best used to kick ass and take names against the forces of evil, which in this case would be the Empire. So I, I really like the scene where you know he's there with Hunter at night and then no one's listening. He's, he's kind of shaking him down like, listen, dude, this isn't who we are. We're not fucking pirates going around and, and just doing jobs, living job to job to job to job. Uh, we, we should be fighting back. What the Empire is doing is wrong. So I, I, I dig where Echo's mind is at early on in the season. And uh, I like that it's Echo. Again, he is, he's different from the rest. While he's been with them for, you know, really since the end of the Clone Wars, he is not made like them. He has no genetic enhancements. All of his enhancements were forced upon him by the Techno Union. So he seems to be a bit more uh, engaged with, hey, th- 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 this Empire thing's a bunch of bullshit, and we're the type of people, we're, we're the squad that may be able to affect their rise i mean we obviously know what happens we know the empire is allowed to expand grow and terrorize for almost two decades after the fall of the republic but you do have to wonder and this is where i miss having a co-host because i'd like to have a little tangent on this but you have to wonder like if clone force 99 decided early on to get into the the fray and resist rebel say you will, you know, whatever you want to call it, would that have changed anything? You know, a group of super soldiers on the rebel side, would that have changed anything? That's an interesting what if moment to think about. You know, if Echo was able to convince Hunter, Wrecker, Tech to go full on and get mixed up in the rebellion or to go around and start building rebel cells, rebel forces, how would that have changed history or would it have not changed it at all it's one of those interesting things to think about but big big fan of echoes uh really tech and echo i think that was one of the best parts of the premiere uh, you you for the first time it felt like these guys kind of got to star in an episode where last year it was a lot of hunter a lot of Wrecker because of their bond with omega where these two were kind of left to you know, for a lack of a better words, act like droids. I mean, Echo is, is, is a half droid, and Tech himself acts like C-3PO with a, you know, a bit harder edge. So it was cool to see these two kind of come out of their shells, if you will, to get more screen time, to show off their personalities a bit more. And, and Tech and Echo definitely got the spotlight in these premiere episodes. But really, in terms of a top moment, Echo pressing Hunter and then, you know, having Omega hear it and then that changing her motivations and risking herself on the mission later on to try and get the shiny stuff. Because, you know, she, she takes it personally when Echo's like, hey, you know, essentially we changed our course in life because of Omega. So Omega feels bad. She feels like she, she made the Bad Batchers leave what they should be doing to protect her. So uh, she tries to make up for it and almost gets herself and Echo killed. But it just—it was a good little scene to kind of set that stage and and what will be a big narrative I think in season one. How will the Bad Batch engage with the Empire? Is it just going to be like what we saw in the premiere where you know it's more heisty or piratey type of shit and they're just little skirmishes and gunfights, or will they become more engaged with? Either, you know, Captain Rex's cell, because we heard him talking about that in season one, or uh, maybe Saul Guerrero's cell, because he was featured in season one. Uh, will they become more engaged? And if they do, what will be the impetus? What will finally convince Hunter and the rest that, you know what, Echo, you got, It uh, sounds like a good idea. Uh, we should go after these, these douchebags and uh will it be a certain event will uh, omega get kidnapped will uh, another bad batcher get kidnapped or injured or something that that motivates them uh will a will a planet fall location fall or will, will something major happen that's so screwed up that they're like you know what we can't we, we can't ignore this anymore we we got to make ourselves known again get out there and, and start kicking some butt so good stuff there to start between Echo and Hunter, and and as I said, that this thing with Echo and Empire is is going to be one of this season's main narratives. So keep an eye on it. How is it going to uh, kind of work itself out, uh, and and how will their fallen brother play into it? Right, we didn't get any crosshair in this episode, uh, but clearly he's going to have he he will undoubtedly play a major role and how Bad Batch engages with the Empire this season. And really, speaking of Crosshair, before I move on to the next uh, top moment, something, uh, actually, I'll save it. Just kidding. Consider it a tease. Hey there, Commander Gree, welcome. Got some new people joining the stream as I talk. All right, so moving on to some other top moments. And uh, like I said, we're getting into Episode 2 at this point. I only found one in, in Episode 1. Uh, but this, 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 the first one in episode two, I, I found to be one of the more enjoyable moments of the series and just kind of reinforce why I love the big guy, AKA Wrecker. But I'll tell you what, watching Wrecker become an actual tank was pure bliss. Okay. I mean, the guy, l- l- let's be real. He's like, he's like, uh, Lenny from Of Mice and Men. He, he's a, he's basically a, a slow adult. Uh, but he's got a big heart, and he loves his guns and explosives. So watching this big lug get a an actual tank cannon that he can now lug around like a gun and become a literal tank was by far one of the most standout moments and memorable ep- uh, memorable moments from the premiere episodes. I mean, the way he was like talking to it, and after they got it back on their ship, he's he's like you know cuddling it and, and and caressing it like it was a a new new puppy and it was it's perfect for the character of wrecker it made for some fun action and hijinks in the premiere and i really 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 hope that this this tank cannon becomes a staple of wrecker's arsenal uh, i really do feel like this guy would look great with a an actual aat tank cannon strapped to his back that he can just whip around whenever kind of like a uh, picture Paz Vizsla's setup that's what I'm envisioning for our boy Wrecker but on a much grander scale because it's a fucking cannon and not just a Gatling gun um but I you know I love this guy uh Wrecker's been probably my my favorite Clone Force 99 uh since they debuted back in the Clone Wars season 7 he's just he's just that big big dopey lovable hulk-like creature you know what i mean like uh you, you couldn't see him hurting an, an an insect but on the other hand you can see him literally taking out a column of aat tanks by himself uh so he's got that that crazy dynamic of a super soft side and then that that hulk-like exterior So, big fan of that moment. And like I said, please, give it a name. Call it Bessie. Boom, boom. But uh, does anyone else, if you're in here, we need Wrecker to keep his tank cannon to infinity. All right? It should become a part of his kit in perpetuity. Okay. And then, really, my uh, final top moment from Episode 2... Is uh, really the only true imperial moment we got in the whole premiere, and that is when Rampart shows up, and we get to see how slimy of a character he is, but how picture perfect he is to be an imperial officer, because they're all this, these, these ladder climbing, backstabbing, I'll do anything it takes to advance my career. Um, Imperial officers that that you know you you've seen throughout Star Wars. I mean, th- this guy's like doing his best to be a wannabe Tarkin, but he still doesn't quite have that edge or, or or gruffness to him. But he shows up, and you know, you're like, oh, hey, here he is. He's 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 kind of talking to Wilco, our boy here. It seems we get a new captain in every episode. Captain Wilco in this episode, and yes, Wilco does mean will comply, which I thought was a very nice little nod to the clones in general, but also to Wilco himself, right? Will comply. And, and what happened here in this top moment, he did not comply with a direct order from Rampart, and he got shot cold. I mean, he got got, dumped, you know, shot, literally fell over a dam. That is the end of Wilco. Uh, but I, I do think Wilco, Mr. Will comply, what he shows there is these clones are still not willing to go against what is perceived as not right or or they they're, they're able to to make those decisions again i mean he had a senior officer tell him to lie and he's like fuck you i won't so i don't know if i i don't know if that's more of i just lost my train of thought reading the damn comments shit uh, I'm talking about Rampart and his, his mode. Oh, Wilco. Okay. So, so Wilco, like I said, he, he doesn't comply with Rampart's order. So is that more, he felt the order was lying and clones can't go against, I don't know, rules and procedure? Or was it more like, Hey, that's wrong. I'm not going to do something wrong because it really, either way, it shows that the clones and whatever kind of control the inhibitor chips have had it's definitely waning and it seems to wane earlier in the leadership ranks the captains if we remember last year our boy captain hauser r.i.p. Or is he not dead or did he just get locked up who knows uh, but hauser kind of had the same thing like he he's willing to toe the line to a certain point and then when he gets an order that he feels is egregious He's somehow able to break that conditioning, break free of the chip, and make his own choice. And I believe we saw Wilco do something very similar here, where, you know, he towed the line. He, he was trying to kill uh, Clone Force 99 the whole episode, uh, tracking down the, the crates and, you know, admitting failure, but committing to finding all the crates. Filed the report. But when it came to being asked to do something shady, he was like, screw you so i i don't know you know who knows how many seasons bad batch is going to get if it goes into three four five six seven who knows uh but if it, it let's say it's only a three or four season run there there's a good chance by the end of season two we're we're going to start to see a demarcation point in the imperial ranks where clones are being either exterminated in in, in, in genocidal fashions or just being, you know, phased out and, and turned loose into the galaxy. Uh, but it, it seems the magic of the chips and just the, you know, the, cro- the clones accelerated, gross on so forth, is, is starting to wear down their compliance with the Empire's sometimes questionable orders. Now we know our boy uh, Crosshair, he's not there yet, but it does, based on some trailers, seem like uh, Cody will be getting there too. So I don't know. Maybe we're on to something here, where the, the 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 leadership ranks of the clones, you know, the captains, the commanders, they they seem to be coming around to the Empire being a bunch of shitheads. Uh, so it'd be interesting to see where this uh, type of stuff goes. Uh, but yeah, we 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 know the clones are all gone at some point. It, it's gonna happen. It has to happen. The only ones that we know survive and make it towards. Um, the Battle of Yavin and beyond are Rex, Gregor, and Wolf. So really the rest, name clones, uh, important clones, famous clones, are, are, are going to have to perish, be exterminated, executed, whatever you want to call it, or, or have their stories end in a way that makes sense that they never come back, they never get mixed up in the Rebellion and all that fun stuff. So that, I think that's going to be one of the more interesting things to watch here with Bad Batch. How are they going to manage to transition the full-on cut from clone army to the TKs? And what will that mean for the clones? Will they rebel? I kind of think they they ultimately will, which is going to lead to the the, the genocide. Um, for those of you worried about Cody, I do think we'll see Cody toe the line like we've seen Hauser and Wilco, uh, but he he's already questioning things, so when he's asked to do something sketchy I think we'll see Cody break, but he's going to do so uh, He's going to do so in a way that's going to maintain some of his honor, and more than likely save or keep the lives of of Rex or the Bad Batch going. I do think Cody is going to die a, a tragic hero after a, a a turn of heart or a change of heart in this episode. Cause you gotta remember, you know, Cody's not completely off the hook. He 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 did take a few pot shots at uh Master Kenobi there on Utapau. Just like Rex tried to take a few shots at Ahsoka. So uh but hey, my theory if if you were a if you were an officer clone, it seems you figure shit out quicker than just the regs as they call them. Alright, look at that, we got Sir Dork joining in here. It doesn't even seem like it's Instagram without Sir Dork 730 on that platform, but we love him. He's here, always supporting the show on YouTube and Twitter. Not that we do a lot on Twitter, but good to see you, buddy. Hopefully everything is going well for you. Alright, so there's my uh, last top moment on Rampart there. So, as I said, just to kind of recap, Bad Batch Season 2 premiere episodes... Overall, they did their job, right? They, they, uh, they touched on the past and some of the themes that, that we experienced in season one, uh, but they also kicked off the main narratives for season two, which to me are going to be Echo and the Bad Batch and how they deal with the Empire ultimately. Will they engage or will they keep dicking around with these heists? Uh, another big one that I forgot to mention when I'm talking about Rampart is crosshair if you notice rampart really did believe that clone force 99 was dead and the only person that would have told them that would have been crosshair as he was with them when tipkoa city was um, sunk so why did crosshair lie to rampart keep that in the back of your heads you know we know he's nuts we know he's hardcore we know he's mr good soldiers follow orders I mean, hell, he he had a chance to rejoin Clone Force 99 at the end of season one and told him, No, I'm doing the right thing. This is what I believe in. I'm gonna do it. But then why did he lie to Rampart when he he had to have said, yeah, they died, right? Because he was there with them. He got picked up by the Empire. So if he lived, he was the guy. So why did Crosshair lie? That that's that's a narrative to look into. Uh he he his his head still isn't quite fully into the twilight zone with the empire um if anything else and then really i i think more of a a galactic thread if you will for this season is uh and and season one kind of did this too but it was so fresh and new that it was like the the galaxy was in shock i think in season two we're not going to get the shock of the imperial takeover we're going to get more of kind of what we got in in bits and pieces today with romar and You know, you get insights from these worlds, Separatist worlds, Republic worlds, and and these people now living on them under Imperial occupation, essentially, you know, letting everyone know, like, this is all fucked. Like, which side really is the good side? The Republic was fighting the CIS, the CIS was fighting the Republic. Now the Empire has taken over the entire galaxy. What is going on here with the common folk around the galaxy? And, And Romar was a good first stop. Okay, he, uh... You know, gave us some good insights when he was in his hovel or domicile, as tech calls it, when he's like, hey, you know, what, which side are you really on? You guys are here trying to, you know, loot war chests, probably for other, you know, uh, war adventures when these guys are doing the same thing. So, you know, it, it, we've talked about this before, you know, depending on what side you're on, the other side's the bad guy. So uh, I think you're going to get that dynamic fleshed out even deeper in, in season two here as the uh, batch goes around the galaxy, undoubtedly helping out other people in need. Uh, we're we're going to kind of see the Empire slowly turning into the machine that we saw in Andor, which excites me, right? Because the, the Empire is not Andor level yet. They're, they're still expanding, taking over the the separatist worlds. Because for the most part they 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 probably had control of the republic worlds. But they're spreading out, they're expanding, they're implementing all their tracking systems, all the you know system lockdowns in the name of security. So I think that that's really what we're going to get in in season 2 here is Bad Batch and how they engage the empire, Crosshair and how he, he, he continues to deal with his his split emotions. And then the galaxy itself and and how people are responding to the ever-growing and ever-crushing empire. So for episode three coming out next Wednesday, and we'll be back to our regular schedule. So next Tuesday, I don't know what the hell we're going to talk about because I'm talking about the premieres today, but I'm sure we'll find something. I probably should have saved the Ahsoka stuff for next week, but oh well. Uh, But my prediction for episode three, I, I I'm hoping episode three takes a hard turn towards the Empire, in particular crosshair. You know, we got forty plus minutes of the good guys, so let's give us 20 or so minutes of the bad guys in episode three to kind of set up their stakes and motivations and 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 just catch up with, with them. You know, maybe we get maybe we get some uh, Cody crosshair action, and not that type of action, you sicko's next week. Take it to the bank or don't. All right, moving right along. Uh, I think one of my cats just took a shit down here. That is fresh. Nothing like a fresh cat dump when the uh, litter box is about 10 yards away. Yummy, thank you. Okay, so I think that's my one-man Bad Batch breakdown. Not as in-depth as I would have liked to have gotten, but it is what it is when you just got a dude. The dude, but it's still just a dude. All right, so um, moving right along. Not getting a lot of chatter in the uh, comments, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and move to our next segment on Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 1 and 2 premieres, and that is the Easter egg references and cameos breakdown. And uh, this was fairly light, too, but, you know, thanks to Sid's office, which we know of last, last season, but I still had to account for it, and some other cool things on Serena. We, we, we did get some neat little references, eggs, and, and a lone voiceover cameo. I wonder, anyone, did anyone figure out who Romar's voice was? If not, you'll find out soon. All right. So, in terms of Easter eggs and references, to begin in episode one here, Spoils of War, we see our buddy AZ, yes, the same droid all the way back from Clone Wars, that helped fives figure out that the clones have chips in their head, and then became Omega's buddy in the Bad Batch. But AZ is back, and it appears it is now a, or he is now a bartender at Sid's establishment. So... It's good that, you know, we, we know they saved him from Camino, but it's nice to see him pop up there. So he's our, our first little reference of the season. All right, I put this one up here just for the haters, uh, but we, we knew of a lot of these uh, Easter eggs in Sid's office from last season, but just in case, I wanted to put them up there. We got the Proto-Fet helmet. We've got a uh, Republic clone pilot helmet there in the middle. And then to the far right, we've got a Phase 3 clone helmet. Now, as an added bonus, Sid also dropped references to Count Dooku and his palace on Sereno to round out this scene's loaded Easter eggs and references. Um, What the hell is going on here? I'm telling you, like the cats are going crazy. All right. Staying with Sid's Bar. See, Sid's Bar is loaded here, not just with booze. But if you look to the left, and the, it showed up in a previous shot, but if you're, if you're on the live stream looking to the left of where Omega is sitting, you'll see what has to be a video sabac machine. So just like in real life, where at bars you have the video crack poker machines for the drunks to pump their, uh, you know, hard life-earned savings into as they drink their sorrows away. We also got video crack in Star Wars. Luckily, Omega is not a gambling addict yet, and she is doing her studies on starships and not getting mixed up with the video crack. Okay, up next, once the dudes got to Dooku's planet and they're getting ready to heist some of the war chest, We got to see the good old V-Wing transport ships, okay? Um, I I personally, I love the sound of these things. Uh, I also love how these were kind of the um, inspiration for the, well, if you, with hindsight, these were inspirations for the Empire's TIE Fighters. Uh, These were used by the Republic. I believe they first showed up in Revenge of the Sith. When uh, they were escorting Anakin's fried ass body back from Mustafar to Coruscant, but from behind you can kind of you can see the the Tie Fighter look, even though these aren't Ties, these are V Wings, but they also have great engine sounds. It's not quite full on Tie Fighter, uh, it's not full on Geonosian Starfighter, but it's kind of a a a mix of the two, and it's just you know it's one of those just cool sounding Star Wars vehicles that pop up from time to time. Another ship, Easter egg, if you will, or reference. I don't I mean you you classify them how you want. But those big ass cargo ships, they they're they're not new. These actually have existed in Star Wars before. This is an Imperial class four cargo ship. And you would have seen it for the first time in Star Wars Rebels when the ghost crew is on a kind of a I think a heisty mission itself. Sticking with previous animated Star Wars, I I did dig because you know that this was such an iconic looking throne room in the Clone Wars series. But it, w- it was nice that they uh, you know Hunter and Wrecker took us back to Dooku's throne room to kind of see it in this this fallen, shambled state. You know, you, a lot of important stuff happened here in the Clone Wars series. Uh, in particular, this is where uh, Dooku kind of colludes with uh, Talzin and the Night Sisters to get Savage Opress on his side Uh, so like I said a lot of scheming for the CIS on Dooku's behalf went down in this location so it was nice that they checked in on it all right so here's our cameo this dude that played Romar he was voiced by Hector Elizondo who if you look up the name you'll be like oh I've seen that guy before I mean he's not like a leading man uh, but this dude is a character actor that has worked in Hollywood for, it seems like, over 40 years. So that was our lone cameo of the premiere. Okay, so our boy Captain Wilco and, and his clones, you know, they, they're not allowed to have any new stuff. So we got some, I don't know, I guess we'd call them eggs. Uh, we got a, a lat here, right? They're, they're uh, assault vehicles. And if you look back in the corner, if you're on the live stream, we also saw the Bark Speeders, uh, which I'm not going to buy from Hot Toys, fuck you, but uh, I definitely have some FOMO. But, you know, we, we got some old Clone Wars era uh, war machines out and about again in this premiere. And then finally, speaking about war machines, Wrecker gets his his new favorite weapon, the tank gun, from an old, down, blown-up, Separatist AAT. And if you look closely, there's even a fallen battle droid hanging out of it. So, a nice little tip to the Clone Wars where Clone Force 99 got their fame and their legend. So, uh, alright. So, that is the Easter egg references in Cameo Breakdown for the Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 1 and 2, Spoils of War and Ruins of War, respectively. Hopefully that uh, gave that it provided some sort of insight maybe some new speculations for you uh but it, breaking down a show by yourself is never as much fun as doing it with another fan because you you miss out on those those tangents you never know nick could say one thing and my 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 dummy brain would go you know out in left field and we could talk about that but alas we'll have to wait shit 2 weeks at this point cuz like i said it's not like we're going to be breaking down episode 3 next tuesday yay star wars time show all right, so let, let's move right along with some of the topics here. Uh, I will preface these next two are, they're Ahsoka series leaks. I don't really consider them to be heavy plot leaks. They're more uh, character-focused leaks, kind of describing who's playing the character and and what the character has is rumored to be. Uh, into or doing or factions, this that and the other thing. But I, I'm just gonna put it out there. Either way, uh, you may want to turn the volume down a little bit or pause. Or not you don't want to pause because then you would still have to listen to it. I'm stupid. Uh, you just may want to you may want to skip out on this this segment for the next 30 minutes or so because we're gonna talk Ahsoka and we got some crazy leaks that I, again I think they're gonna pan out, but they do give us some deeper insights into the series. Uh, in particular, some of the new characters, some of the new antagonists that Ahsoka and the Rebels crew will have to face off against. All right, so three, two, one, uh, potential, very light Ahsoka spoilers. I don't want you to leave, but I also don't want to be accused of being a shit face. So here we go. So up first, and this really shouldn't be news to anyone, because I think even Nick and I talked about this months ago when it was first reported that mary elizabeth winstead is cast in the ahsoka series we were all kind of wondering you know who who could she be who could she be playing and and one name that kept popping up was none other than Harrison and the leader of the ghost crew you know she's a general at this point in time in the rebel alliance um and that's kind of where we were leaning towards she's also hooked up with star wars royalty and and mcgregor so it just made sense uh, but now, Bespin Bulletin is is reporting that his source is confirming this, that Harrison Dula in live action, will be played by Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Okay? Um, outside of that, there's been no other information released on Hera or Winstead. This is not an official casting, uh, but it's coming from one of the sources that I do respect and usually hits on leaks and rumors. So, take that for what you will. But it looks like the lovely Mary Elizabeth Winstead will be decked out in green with headtails come uh, hopefully this May or June when the Ahsoka series hits Disney Plus. All right, so here's here's some of the deeper stuff, and this revolves around Ray Stevenson's character. If you remember, many shows back, we we talked about the report that Ray Stevenson had been cast as like a a leader, an admiral of sorts. Uh, but not Admiral Thrawn. So now, coming from Making Star Wars, who usually hits, so uh, you know I, it's it's probably more than rumor. Uh, but Making Star Wars is reporting that Ray Stevenson may be playing a new character named Balin. So B A Y L O N Balon. Um, and and MSW thinks that this is a character's actual name and not a code name used on set that his source relayed to him. And according to this report. Balin is going to have an assassin droid under his command, and he is he's either the leader of an army from this the new beyond galaxy we've been talking about for the past few weeks. That's helping Thon uh, Thron or he is a leader of a faction in this unexplored galaxy that Thrawn is going to kind of uh, get in leagues with. Uh, but either way, he is this Balin character is important. He is going to be working directly with Thrawn, and he's going to have plenty of screen time. And if you're like, wow, well, you know, that, you know Mary Elizabeth Winstead is Hera. Uh, so what? No big deal. Ray Stevenson playing a guy named Balin who's going to be in leagues with Thrawn and, and have like an assassin and, and people under his command. No, nah, big deal. Well, let's get into the, the juicy stuff. So now that we've set up this Balin, we can get into uh, the next leak here on the character. And this assassin of his. Okay, so these rumors hint that there are going to be some new Force users exposed to fans in Ahsoka. Uh, kind of like we discussed before we left. We talked about, the, you know, they're going to be in this, this new beyond, this, this unexplored galaxy. And in this unexplored galaxy, the Force is looked at in a different way than, than how our galaxy, the one we know, has perceived it. And that, you know, they, they, they may use it differently. Uh, Night sisters may have come from here, at least their source of magic. All sorts of weird things going on in this, this new beyond. Uh, but now, like I said, this, this report, these leaks, hopefully give us some fresh insights into this, this new beyond and the characters that inhabit it and how they will interact with our heroes, Ahsoka, Sabine, and more than likely, Ezra. All right, so... If you remember, hell, it was probably almost a year ago at this point, but Ivana Sokno was rumored to be cast in Ahsoka, and now making Star Wars is saying, yes, that is, that is true, and he knows who she is playing, and she is playing Balin's apprentice-slash-assassin named Shin. Okay, so think about it. In this New Beyond, we're going to have Ray Stevenson playing this imposing character that Thron respects enough to kind of work with named Balin. And Balin is going to have this apprentice slash assassin named Shin, played by Ivana Sokno. I like that combination. All right. It gets even better. So, this Shin is going to be a dark side force user and potentially aligned with Night Sisters from the New Beyond. And Balin is going to be her master. All right. So, let me recap that for you. Balin. Is going to be the master of this dark side force user in this new galaxy where they look at the force differently. It's used differently. Uh, Night Sisters may have come from here or different f- versions of Night Sisters live here and then use magic, so on and so forth. That's pretty interesting, you know. But here's where things get really crazy. So, according to Making Star Wars, this Balin dude is actually a Jedi who survived Order 66 and fled to this new beyond. More than likely, got lost just trying to escape, you know, the Inquisitors and the Empire and, and all that stuff. So he was a good guy, Jedi Master, Light Side. Uh, but apparently, over time, he becomes corrupted, possibly from this 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 new region of space or this Night Sister faction, and he takes Shin on as an apprentice. So she could very well be, as we said a few weeks back, uh, a part of these Night Sisters in this new beyond or at least tangentially related to them. So somehow, these two, over time, are going to team up with Thrawn in the New Beyond. So uh, from my understanding, this, this Balon and Shin have been together since about the Return of the Jedi timeline. So you know you got to remember, Thrawn was ejected into the New Beyond uh, before A New Hope, timeline-wise, before Battle of Yavin. So these two have been hanging out as Master and Apprentice in this New Beyond for years, even before Thrawn got there. Um, and, it, and it does seem like, over time, this Jedi Master Balin has become corrupted and therefore has become evil. I mean, he's been there, obviously, a lot longer than Return of the Jedi. He's been there for, well, by the time we meet him in Ahsoka, you'd have to argue 25-plus years. So yeah, he's, he's probably pretty fucked up. Uh, But anyways, these two team up with Thrawn, who, you know, if if they've been out there working together, kicking ass, taking names, and they kind of know the lay of the land, and Thrawn just shows up, then, hey, Thrawn's a smart dude. If he sees they got power and they they can do stuff, especially with the magic magic, he might go, hey, I could use you. I could use you to maybe resurrect my forces that got wasted as we got, you know, transported here by Pergils and you know windows were shattered or I could use you you got the force I could take you back to my galaxy and we could challenge maybe he doesn't even know the emperor's dead or maybe he does and he knows that Luke Skywalker is the new force king in town um, maybe he thinks he can use Balin and Shin to take on Luke uh, but either way it, it in my mind this is just speculation now it, it sounds like this Balin and Shin and, and Thrawn, they're gonna be like the, the the three-headed bad guy monster with Balin and Shin working with or for Thrawn, more than likely in an effort to leave this new beyond with whatever crazy, you know, magic-hyped-up army they concoct and head back to the known galaxy and challenge the New Republic and Luke Skywalker for supremacy. That, that's just—I'm I, I, not saying that's going to h- happen in Ahsoka— I I kind of see this as that big crossover event, and, and these three bad guys that we're learning about, they're they're going to be the the Thanos for our our Mandos, and uh, you know Din and Bo, and uh, you know Boba Fett, Ahsoka, Hera, Ezra, the New Republic. I mean, the, the, they're they're going to be the the next threat coming in. All right, so. Back to these two. So, uh, Balin and Shin, like I said, they're going to team up and work with Thrawn, and their main charge is going to be taking out Ahsoka Tano. Alright, so, th- like I said, Balin and Shin are going to be like the main antagonists, it sounds like, in Ahsoka. Uh, you have to figure that Thrawn's probably going to be more like a-, a Gideon, where doing the like, ho ho ho, like the evil speeches, and then he eventually tussles with the good guys. Where uh, Balin and Shin, they're they're probably going to be the more uh, in your face antagonists in the Ahsoka series, messing with uh, Ahsoka and the Rebels crew, and uh, obviously you have to figure Ezra is going to come into play at some point, and uh, he he more than likely, if you think about it, if Thrawn is is hooking up with these type of people, they they either have Ezra captured and are doing something to him, or or Ezra somehow got. Got out, escaped, and has just been living in this new beyond, kind of in hiding all these years. You know, seven plus years from hell, more than that, because he he left right before Battle of Yavin. Yeah, that is so. You know, we're, we're talking maybe twelve years. Ezra's been dicking around over here, uh, but you know he's probably hiding from Balin and Shin. Maybe he had an interaction with them early on when they were out there. And again, I'm just I'm just throwing darts at this point. This is not from MSW. Uh, but it, it seems like Ezra, Ahsoka, Hera, Sabine, or really Ezra, Ahsoka, Sabine—they're kind of—they're going to be our main protagonists. Where this Baelin, Shin, and Thrawn will be our main antagonists. All right, that wasn't juicy enough for you, you might want to look at the screen for this one because this will require a bit of a visual if you don't understand this type of art. But MSW is also reporting. That Thrawn, and, and we we speculated on this a few weeks back when we learned that you know he may be in this new beyond and it may have a different flavor of force or magic at least. But apparently Thrawn is going to have a force of reforged stormtroopers whose armor is going to be styled in a similar Kintsugi fashion as Kylo Ren's helmet in episode 9. Alright, so think about that. So, somehow Thrawn's troops either you know as they were pulled through hyperspace by the purgils or once they got to this new beyond and maybe got their ass kicked by factions there they, they it, it sounds like the stormtroopers somehow are just obliterated like destroyed crushed like shattered yet they're they're gonna run into somebody thron or maybe Balin and shin that's going to either use magic or the same reforging techniques we saw that monkey use in episode 9 to fix kylo's helmet to repair the armor but the difference here is it's not going to be that red metal that kylo used it's going to be gold so that that visual is freaking badass if you think you're going to see this you know platoon battalion of stormtroopers they're in this white armor that has these gold inlays through it to seal all the cracks from whatever horrible thing happened happened to them in the new beyond and um you know i have a picture of a of a kintsugi style pot again this is the um asian art form of taking broken items like a pot a cup and and reforging them in an artistic fashion using either silver or gold to rebind the broken pieces together and essentially creating a a new work of art Uh, so imagine troopers looking like that and apparently these troopers are going to be Clashing with our heroes a lot, as they'll be the support to Balin and Shin as they tussle with Ahsoka and Sabine, and hopefully Ezra. But I think the um, the more interesting thing to think about here is all right. Why do these stormtroopers need this repaired armor? Uh, was was it space? Was it this new magic? Or, or is it these Night Sisters that inhabit this new beyond? Did they just obliterate Thrawn's forces when they showed up, and then? wield and dealed and and reincarnated them. You know we we've been hearing that Thrawn may come back with an undead army, and this may uh, kind of point at that. Because you got to ask yourself, why would we have stormtroopers in reforged armor? What happened to them? And and I'm thinking, you know, they either went through hyperspace, and if you remember, I I always bitched about this. I know it's a cartoon. I know it's fake at Star Wars, but the Purgles crashed through the Chimeras windshields for lack of a better word and then pull them into space if you know anything about about space and even star wars accounts for this it, it, if you're in space and you pop a pop a window or a hole in your ship you get that vacuum effect so you know what if when thron was transported out there somehow uh, you know troopers in his service they all got literally crushed but then you got to ask the question well why didn't thron or why didn't ezra well, maybe the Force protected them because Ezra was kind of using the Force to ensure that the whales kept locked on to Thrawn before they made the jump. Uh, or, or like I said, they, they make the jump, get to this new beyond, and something just tragic happens. They they just get wasted by these magic users. But then you ask yourself, well, if, if the magic users kick Thrawn's ass, how does he then convince them to be in leagues with him? Uh, either way, though, the... The idea of a reforged stormtrooper army with white and gold armor is pretty awesome to me, and uh, if this is true, I can't even imagine what the what the figures are going to look like. The collectibles, I mean, fuck, fuck the black series. I, I think I'm fully on to uh, one six scale and hot toys, but just think how awesome that would look. And and I wish I I actually had artistic ability. I would have mocked up a. A trooper in the armor? I don't know. Maybe Super Scoundrel if he's still listening, he could do that. But, Devin, we need a stormtrooper that kind of looks like this pot if you're on the live stream still. All right? Do it. Hook it up. Research Kintsugi and draw us up a stormtrooper like that. I'll I'll only take half credit because you'll be doing all the work, but I had the idea, so I got to slap my name on there somehow. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, th- this could be the undead army that uh, has been speculated will show up in Ahsoka with Thrawn. Uh and uh he, he could be leveraging them, Balon, Shin, whatever this these magic people are from the Nubian, to come back and challenge the new republic and Luke Skywalker himself. But you do have to wonder if this is a new beyond and people don't know about it, how would Thrawn and Ezra? and them know about what's happening in the known galaxy? Would Thrawn even know that the Empire fell? Like, how, how do they get information? Who knows? I'm sure we'll find out. But that's the, the, the like minutiae stuff that I, I lay awake at night worrying about because I am a super dork. All right, so there we go with our uh, Ahsoka rumor breakdowns. Hopefully I didn't ruin anyone's day. Hopefully some people stayed tuned in and listening. The live stream chat's kind of dead, which is why this episode's going pretty quick, but I'm not going to complain. It is a day off after all, so if I only do an hour and a half show, so be it. That'll actually be a record for me in my diary of the mouth issue when it comes to solo shows on the SWTS. All right, my friends, it is that time already for this week's fan segment. That's right, the first fan segment of 2023. Let's break it down for any noobs. We do it every week. So every show, we have a fan segment. The fan segment consists of the question of the week and then the top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week. So to get involved first in the question of the week, make sure you are following at Star Wars Time Show. And then on show day, which is usually Tuesdays, look in our stories for the prompt as well as our profile. The question will usually be themed around the week's topics. So this week, I asked, hey, Bad Batch is back. So who is your favorite character? So let's see what the fans had to say to that prompt today. So again, question of the week who is your favorite Bad Batch character and why? Let's go ahead and take to the streets. No one was very interested. I think some people are still, like I am. It usually takes me a week or two to to come off of my uh, two week Christmas break hangover, and I'm sure that's the same for for most of you out there. But we did get uh, some replies. You can always count on our boy Rippick underscore underscore Tan for coming through on a story reply, and he had to say after season one, it's Echo. He is the most complex character to me. Hopefully, season two explores his story a bit more. I won't be watching your premiere till after work tonight, but if Gungi becomes a batcher, he might give Echo a run for his credits. Well, Rippick, depending if you listen to the Star Wars Time show or not, you are going to get your wish. Okay. As discussed, uh, I, I felt like Echo got one of the lead roles in the premiere. So our friend Rippick is going to be quite pleased. All right, this comes from Rascal Bear, aka Lurgaskarhu, Carhu on uh, Instagram, and they say Wrecker. He's badass and kind-hearted, and I and now we can add, he's a literal tank, not just a proverbial tank or you know class-based FPS tank. He is a literal tank. Dude got a cannon. Please keep it. Please keep it. All right, and then we got just uh, the few people that made it to the, uh, not the story post, the profile post. So up first, Kai Toy Photography. I guess all of them, emoji, heart sign, emoji, heart sign, emoji, heart sign. Clap, 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 clap. I'm I'm gonna try to uh, enunciate or animate emojis this year. All right. 2797 Studios, I've got to say Wrecker. Big guy, goofy, definitely a fun character. His helmet is pretty cool too. But if we're talking helmets, then Echo easily takes it. He has the best bucket by far. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't talking helmets there, Bat, but um, you really either way, I think Wrecker checks both boxes. Good character, kick-ass helmet. All right, Psycho TLC underscore Shark 2. I like it. Crosshair, he is the most interesting and has quite a sad story behind them. And you know what? Psycho T- TLC underscore Shark 2. I have to agree. He really is uh, the most complex character in that show, if you think about it. Uh, he's the most dynamic. He's the most troubled. Uh, while it seems like he is, he's fully on, on, on the dark side path, he's not. Because as I said earlier, he told Rampart that Clone Force 99 died and he would have been the only one to know if they lived because they all got out together. They're on that platform. They said their goodbyes, so on and so forth. So, you know, what, what, what is going on in Crosshair's head? He wants so much to be a good, sol- good soldier following orders, but you can tell deep down he also misses his brothers, and what, what is that ultimately going to do to him now? No. I, I, I still think Crosshair never fully redeems and comes back to the Batch, I, I th- but I do think by the time the show is all said and done, he will sacrifice himself probably to allow Omega or, or a part of the Batch to move on. And then last but not least, Strider's 09 Hunter, because he reminds me Rambo. He is clever and really good in the battlefield. Fire. Fire emoji yeah I, I mean I, I always pegged Hunter as Rambo I, I think the the creators went for that as well I mean outside the face tattoo he, he's spot on Sly Stallone I mean he's got that that chiseled look the the big jowl he's got the killer you know long locks got the bandana so Strider's 09 I'm with you And there you go. That's how the fan segment plays out. So if you want to get involved and see if your comment gets picked up to be read and sometimes discussed or laughed at or uh, shunned, make sure to check out at Star Wars Time Show on Instagram, usually Monday or Tuesday in the stories or profile for the prompt. Okay, so that's going to take us into the first top five of the week. And this is the, the second part of our weekly fan segment. So we're, I'm going to need an interpreter. I've been talking too much. So my, my jaw starts to go numb as if I had a stroke and I start slurring my words and no, I'm not on drugs and I haven't drank yet. And I'm not drinking for a few more days because I drank for about 10 days straight. (laughs) Not like a bender 10 days straight, but you know, two or three IPAs a day. That's, that's enough for the brain and the liver uh, for a few days. Take a little break. Uh, but yeah, so, uh, every week we're really every day at the star Wars time show on Instagram at star Wars time show. We, we, we want to see your, your star Wars and that's literally anything, not just toy photography. It could be traditional art. It could be fecal art, bathroom art, you name it. Chalk art, tattoos, collages. Memory books. It doesn't matter. If if it's Star Wars, we want to look at it. So the best way to do that is to, on your post, before you post it, add tag, at Star Wars Time Show, and then use hashtag Star Wars Time Show. That way, every morning, I can go through them, Feature the shots that stand out or the posts that stand out on our page, and then usually on a Monday, Nick will sit down with his hot toddy and pick the top five. So that is where we're at. We are looking at the top five from 1226 to twelve twenty six to one two. Let's check it out, and our boy Jason Young showing up just at the end. Here we go. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, Jason, you came in at the right time to the live stream because I talked all the Bad Batch stuff early. So no spoilers. You're good to go unless you're going to do the rewatch like our boy Jared here. All right. So, again, we're in the top five, and Nick did pick these even though he is ill today. But he did pick these, so let's see who he has blessed. All right. Here we go. Up first, this one comes from teradium t-e-r-r-a-d-i-u-m on instagram and it is a funny ass setup so uh, i'll try to i'll try to explain it for those of you that might just be listening here but it, it's a play on obi-wan's death in a new hope so you see vader kind of tapping on obi-wan's cloak that's that's now fallen empty on the floor <laughs> but then you have like obi-wan with this shitty grin and a peace sign on his fi- uh, fingers in the corner, like, like he's doing like a selfie, like, see you later, dude. It's like, it's just like, psych, I you. Gotcha. I'm over here. It's just, it really is a brilliantly funny shot involving a very, very important scene in all of Star Wars, which is Obi-Wan's sacrifice at the hands of Darth Vader to allow him to become Luke's spirit guide. It's just, it's a funny shot because, you know, like, you know, I mean, Obi-Wan went into the battle knowing he, he had to die. So uh it, it, when you when you see this shot it's like yeah I completed my mission got you sucker it's one of those things like eat it vader cuz remember he does say if you strike me down now I will become more powerful than you can possibly imagine and and I think that's the feeling Obi-Wan has in this shot it's that 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 breath of relief the <sighs> my plan pulled it off. I made him look like a dope looking him over there. That tall idiot stepping on my robe. He doesn't even know I'm a ghost now. And I am more powerful than he can possibly imagine. So great work here from Terradium, T-E-R-R-A-D-I-U-M on Instagram. Up next, this is another fantastic one. This is, and I think this is a first time top five. This comes from at T-A underscore K E period 0206 and what take has produced here is a fantastic mashup or i i, I guess crossover of uh mandalorians in particular din Djarin and 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 Beau, and then boba fett not a mandalorian and then a t-rex from jurassic park and uh, the the mandos and boba fett they all have their jetpacks enabled They're all rocketing up and it's like they're flying away from the T-Rex, the T-Rex trying to bite at them up in the air. It's just a, it's, it's a cool force perspective style shot on both the T-Rex's mouth and the, the uh, foreground subjects of Boba Fett and Din. I also think these are the little guys. These look like 3.75 inch figures, which just look so damn good at this stage in, in Hasbro's productions. But I don't know. It, it, I, I just like the perspective of the shot. I like the top-down angle. And it, it really does feel like these, these Mandalorians and their jetpacks just rocketed off the ground as the T-Rex was getting ready to do like a big rawr, like chomp at him and eat him out of the sky. So this comes from at ta underscore ke dot zero two zero six on Instagram. Give them a look. Alright, I think this, is a, this may be another first time feature, but this is a great scene recreation from At star.laws, and it's a scene from Attack of the Clones. So what you see here is an a, a unseen shot of Anakin breaking out of the Tusken Raider, Raider hovel after his mother died and, and just laying waste to the Tuskins. So you got, you know, uh, Attack of the Clones Anakin figure busting out of this handmade hovel that Star-Laws must have cooked up, immediately slashing off a Tusken Raider's head and getting ready and looking pissed to take on two other Raiders. So I, I like the, there, there's a good mix of practical and digital effects in this Star-Laws shot, and I, it's just like, it, it's kind of a deleted scene, if you will, for Anakin's uh, dark deed. On Tatooine, when he uh, went a little postal on the Tusken Raiders, so just a real cool—not um, not not, t- not a technically not not technically a full-on scene re- recreation because we didn't really get this, but it would be the extended scene, <coughs> excuse me, of Anakin breaking out of that hovel and starting to lop some heads off in anger, because like he told Padme, they're animals, and he slaughtered them like animals. Even the women and children, too. All right, so that again, that comes from at star.laws on Instagram. All right, and our next feature for this week comes from at myfatherjango, and it's just a really nice, simple, outdoor shot of um, the the, uh, Mandalorian Boba Fett. How's that? Tython Fett. That might, that might help some of you better. The Fett that shows up on Tython, steals the armor from Din, kicks some ass, and then becomes friend with Din Fett. That's even more clear. Uh, but yeah, this is, a, this is that Hot Toys Fett. I've got mine looking right next to me. He's sitting there uh, collecting dust as I speak because I'm a shithead and I don't take pictures of them. And I'm a weirdo and I can't put them in my glass case until they've had their picture taken. Don't ask. It's a mental problem. Uh, but I, I I really, I just like the, uh, I like the outdoor shot, the natural lighting. Uh, That's where I started in toy photography, outdoors, natural lighting, no, no added lighting, no fucking loom cubes or these other panels and this, that, and the other thing. Just, just using what the force gives us, Right. Uh, and that's what I used to enjoy. And I, I do still appreciate those that go out and just do the natural outdoor light shots. Uh, while sometimes not as dynamic as shots that have added lighting and, and atmosphere and fireworks and particles and all that shit. Uh, sometimes the simplicity is, is uh, worth appreciating. So that, that's the type of shot we're looking at here from at my father Django on Instagram. it's like, hey, dude, it's 59 degrees, and you're part of the the country. You should get your fat ass out there and take some shots after the show. I won't. I won't. All right. And then last but not least, we've got a great little holiday set up from the underscore M period, A period, R period, Z period, O on Instagram, so at the Marco. And it's just a I called it in the share. It's a it's just a fun Mando verse Xmas setup. So by Mando verse I mean characters that have been introduced and prominently featured in the Mandalorian, the Book of Boba Fett, soon to be the Ahsoka series. So you've got, I mean, Migs Mayfield, you got Cara Dune, Din, Grogu, Ahsoka, and Luke are on the couch exchanging gifts. R2's hanging out. You got Casca, Bo, and grief cardboard with a loath cat in the back. There's little presents. It's all practical. It's just a, I don't know, it was just a great little holiday shot. And uh, really, there are a lot of good holiday shots that came across the uh, Star Wars Time Show tag over the past, really, three weeks. And obviously, we can't feature and, and give all of them top fives. Uh, but this apparently was one that really stood out to Nick. And I, I do like it. Like, it's it's nice. It's like a nice little dollhouse setup. I mean, all practical furniture. It's just it's just a great little build. Um, I'm surprised Nick didn't go for At Work More or Less's holiday, uh, holiday post, which I might go check out since he is here when we got him. We got him in the chat. Let's go appreciate his work. He doesn't post as much as he used to. He's kind of got my disease, although I'm sure he's more productive in other artistic adventures. I just do stupid Star Wars content that no one watches and play video games. <laughs> uh, but let me find this one. Let me pull this up here. I think it was a recent, recent feature on our page. Just bear with me, people. Oh, uh, here we go. Here it is. Yeah, so we, there you go. Work more or less. You're getting the full-screen treatment, unlike everyone else. That's because you showed up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, here. check this one out. So this is a, a one six scale kind of Star Wars holiday shot here. And uh, work more or less has all the props busted out. You, you got little toys from the 80s in there. I, I don't even know where he's getting these little things. I'm, I'm guessing. I wonder if he gets them from. I just realized... My daughter collects these things where, I don't know, I guess kids these days like miniatures of products you can actually buy in the store. And some of those are, are like l- legit miniature uh, Marvel Legends toys or Black Series toys. Because here in this shot from Jason, you got he's holding a little Optimus Prime. There's tiny little Hot Wheels everywhere. So I'm wondering if, if Jason's printing these out or if he's getting these through those little. I don't know they're like little blind balls you open up and 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 pull shit out my daughter's all hooked on them they're they're a rip-off but you know hey we we do the same shit with some of our collectibles i mean it's just it's 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 din sitting on the ground grogu's in a a box with a bow on his head it's like post opening all their gifts and they're just playing with the toys now Uh, something that i love to do i mean this shot's taking me back to my my Sunday and Monday, you know, with my daughter being so blown out by Christmas, like, oh, you know, she's still six and a half, and fully engaged in the magic, and uh, just, just seeing that joy, and then, hey, Daddy, can you fix this, or put this together, all that stuff, just love it, and that's what this shot from At Work, more or less, makes me feel, so check him out, check out the little guy here, yeah, so, all right, uh, he's in the stream, he's saying it, they are from the the mini brands, world's smallest, NECA Props, and some handmade boxes. I I had a feeling, Jason, that you were pulling some of these things from the mini stuff that these little kids seem to be addicted with now in collecting. Because even I was like, damn, if I could get my lazy, unmotivated toy photographer ass up and about, I would love to use some of these little figures in my shots, but don't hold your breath. It's not going to happen. All right, my friends, that kind of rounds things out. I, uh, went a little shorter than I thought, but a one-man show with a, a light amount of topics and, and trying to break down an episode that, quite frankly, I just broke down a few hours ago in in my video breakdowns, which even if you watched the stream today, I'd still love for you to go check out uh, my full review of The Bad Batch Season 2, Episode 1 and 2. It's just one video, about six minutes long, won't, won't kill you. And my short on the Easter eggs for The Bad Batch Season 2 premiere, so... You can find all that content by going to StarWarsTime.net. All right. If you head to StarWarsTime.net, you can find our YouTube sub-link. Just scroll down the page a bit. See it? There it is right there. Subscribe. But more importantly, you can also subscribe to the podcast, which is an audio-only version of the live stream. But if you can't you know, be sitting somewhere watching YouTube, the podcast is a great alternative. So like I said, head to StarWarsTime.net, go to the Subscribe to Podcast page, and sub it's very important if you're listening to the live stream right now hit that like button leave a comment say you miss nick and matt sucks whatever you got to do you got to tell the ai overlords that this show is worth checking out and that is done through likes comments shares favorites and more importantly if you're on a platform that allows it specifically for podcasts leaving a rating and review So my iTunes people, please, if you haven't done it, leave a rating and review. Spotify people, rating and review. Pandora people, rating and review. Like I said, I mean, just you all are used to it now. Look how your your, your social media is. What content do you see? You see the content that you tap on a lot and like. So if you do that more for Star Wars Time Show, hit likes on our, our Instagram posts that aren't just toy photography or Star Wars art. Share that stuff. Put it in your own story. Save it. Tell them, hey, this content is okay. It might be mediocre, but it's worth checking out. It really helps us out. All right, my friends, come on. Let's do it. 2023, another year going here. Hell, we've been doing this since uh, the tail end of 18. I can't do the math, but that's at least, what, four years, five years at this point, Four and a half? So let's keep it going. Let's add to the SWTS Army in 23. We'll be back to the regular, regularly scheduled program time next week. So Tuesday, 2.30 p.m. East on YouTube. And then the podcast will go out on Wednesday. And then we'll get back into our cadence of, of breaking down new Star Wars on Tuesdays, watching new Star Wars on Wednesdays, rinse and repeat. Let's do it. Like I said, all the way through April. We're going to have new Star Wars every week through April thanks to Bad Batch releasing now and then Mando dropping in March. So you've got no excuses to not be glued to the Star Wars Time Show breakdowns for the next four months. That's that, people. You know there's always time for Star Wars time even if you don't believe it. There is. We're like a fungus, a virus. We are the, the COVID of Star Wars podcasts. You think you've got us beat, but we still have not faded away into obscurity. So, starwarstime.net, hook it up, sub up, like up, comment up, do what you got to do, do the social media dance. You're all grown ups, you know what to do by now. Just remember if you do listen to the Star Wars Time Show, the Force will be with you. Always.